0: What do you get when you turn a fighter pilot and a 15-year-old orphan into superheroes? You get Captain Marvel and Shazam! Greetings, fellow nerds. My name is Brandon, and this is NerdCraft Nation. Good evening, everyone. This is our test pilot for NerdCraft Nation. Tonight we're going to be talking about the dueling Captain Marvel films, Marvel's Captain Marvel, and DC Entertainment's Shazam, which was the original Captain Marvel from Fawcett Comics. But, you know, legal stuff. And (laughs) here we are with two Captain Marvel movies a month apart, but one of them is called Shazam anyways
1: wait so that's seeing, why captain marvel is captain marvel as opposed yeah. to okay
0: yeah they won the legal battle yeah
1: all right
0: the funny thing about that is crazy but sitting here with with our co-hosts and we're well, our co-hosts um we have awesome hello we have was, was <laughs> we i not say to... <laughs> no, no no you are you are this is perfect <laughs> We have Jose as well. Good evening,
2: NerdCrap Nation.
0: And my and my co-producer Chris. Evening.
1: I don't know what time of day it is. <laughs> We're off to a great start,
0: and I <laughs> off to a very good start. And I'm Brandon, of course. Um, all right, but yeah, today I just really wanted to to talk about these two films, um, do a bit of a roundtable on on both of them, but you know. Wanted to start with the film that actually came out first. So, of course, Captain Marvel. Uh, Marvel From Marvel Studios. It is number 21 in the Infinity Saga. And it came out March 8th on International Women's Day. So, here's what I would like to do. I want to give it off to... Who wants first crack at it? Austin or Jose? On oh, and- we just... Yeah, we're we just talking general uh, feelings
2: of the movie, or what are you...
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, give, give your thoughts, your your overall review. What did you like? What did you dislike? Um, you know, just sort of things. I can start. Go for it. All right. Go for it, Austin.
3: Um, I thought it was a great movie. Um, the acting and casting was good. Um, I think the best part was that Ben Middleston or whatever his name is was cast, and spoiler alert, he's actually not playing a bad guy, so I didn't see that coming. Very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it, I thought it was uh, well acted. I thought it was one of the better Marvel movies, but maybe I've become more biased because uh, we're getting closer to Endgame. Um, but I mean. I only saw it once, but I, I didn't see any flaws right off the bat. Um so that's that's the jumping off point, I guess.
0: Alright. Uh Jose? Yeah What did you so, like about the film? What are your thoughts?
2: Well, overall I think I enjoyed it. I yeah, I found myself really enjoying it but not to the extent that I would say I would love it, like it was just it reminded me a lot of like the first phase one Marvel films. Like it was still getting its feet wet, still testing out the waters. Uh, I feel like you can kind of tell with Brie Larson; she was still trying to figure out her character a little bit in some of the beginning scenes, uh, especially in this where she was escaping the scroll ship. She it felt like she was being a little more Tony Starkish, if you will. And then in the later scenes with like Maria and her family, you could feel that emotion coming through. And her character kind of evolved into, like, by the end, you could see what her character was going to be like, as opposed to what it started out, which kind of makes sense, since her whole the whole plot of the movie is almost her trying to find her identity again, trying to regain her memories. Yeah. So, yeah, I really like that aspect. The CGI on Samuel Jackson was fantastic. I don't know what kind of witchcraft Marvel's <laughs> doing over there, but his face was on point. Coulson could have used some work, but... Cuckoo Butter and Gold. It's called Cuckoo Butter and Gold, man.
1: <laughs> that black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> black don't crack, unless it does crack. Like Samuel L. Jackson, I'll let you think, did it in like the 80s or yeah. something like that, I think.
2: I also like yeah. that it subverted my expectations of, like, we all went in kind of expecting the Scrolls to be the villain, and then they pulled the rug on us with, like, oh, actually, the Scrolls are the, not the Scrolls, the Cree, the they're just dicks, apparently. And the Scrolls are actually not that bad. They're just trying to find their place in the world.
0: and That's fair. That's fair. Uh, any, any other thoughts on the film at all?
3: I think that they did a really good job of incorporating the backstory of the character. Um, people who have been watching these movies uh, always see some sort of superhero backstory, and I think we're all sick of it. So it was interesting to have a nonlinear journey as we slowly learn what the character was, because I didn't know anything about the character going in. So I like I needed that. So I I I felt it was very natural.
1: You mean like the memory flashbacks? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a really good note there. I thought that was a good touchline to build up the memory. I also thought it was kind of a weird, I don't know, a weird, like, callback to the fact that this character has changed so many times throughout the history in the comic books. Yeah. That, like, currently, whatever iteration of Captain Marvel is out there is what they're doing, but they're kind of just wink-winking it. Like, I would have appreciated a little Rogue reference at some point in this movie just for shits and giggles, (laughs) but, like, (laughs) I I knew we weren't going to get that unless... Brandon did did I miss something or
0: not not a rogue reference I mean you're right in that they're they're definitely trying to keep it closer to the current comic iteration I mean Kelly Sue DeConnick the the current uh writer she was actually cameoed in the movie um oh. she was she was in the the subway scene when when Carol got off the the um the train she's the lady that she bumped into mm the one that the one that gave her that like that like stink eye yeah 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 yeah, she's she's actually the writer of the current comic, and that's the one that this is based off of.
2: Yeah, I felt like they gave like a little wing to all her different origins, and I like how they played it in the movie with like the false origins, like, oh, it was actually the Skrulls that did it, and they kind of mixed and matched all the different elements of her origin. With first, like in the original comic, I think it was like she got her powers from the original captain Marvell, which in this movie was Wendy Lawson as opposed to Walter Lawson. And that's how she got those powers. Then in another version, young Rog was directly involved somehow. And they kind of tied that into it as well. With him having been the one that actually chased Marvel down. And now I think there was another version where it was some type of explosion. Maybe not the Tesseract, but some type of explosion happened. And that's how she got her power. So they kind of like mixed it all in one for the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a good mixture of like old and new, and then just trying to modernize her her origin story in a way that is digestible. Because, like Austin said, there are a lot of people that didn't that went into the movie that don't really know her full backstory or how much how much of a troubled backstory that she's had in terms of like constant reboots and things like that. Um, I think that being said, for me. As much as as I'm sometimes a fan of non-linear storytelling, it felt like it detracted a little bit from the movie. And 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 again, I I actually well maybe not again I didn't actually say it but I I did actually like the movie. I, I I think I'm a bit more where Jose is where it's like I liked it. I didn't love it. I don't think it's a bad movie. I thought it was a good movie that I had like some issues with, but not like not not like I wouldn't ever watch it again. I mean, I've already seen it twice. Um, I would gladly watch it a third or fourth time, maybe there are things that I'm still missing. But I felt that with the the way that they took the origin story and kind of flipped it around and, and used the amnesia as a plot device, um, it not only did it sidestep us getting getting the sense of how she grew up, but it also just it also eliminated the need to really give to really paint the picture of of her value system and and her morality and I think to me for a superhero narrative that's really critical to the characters because we're not we're not just investing in their power set we're investing in their personalities and so sure I got the impression that she is a bit of she's a bit rebellious and that you know if someone challenges her and tells her that she can't do something that that's you know she lives to prove them wrong but I don't know what what her sense of morality is and what she values other than like oh yeah these people are bad or these people screwed me over so let me fight them she was and that's that's kind of like for me where i feel that i'm drawn to watching her fight but i'm not sure that i like you know fully understand her as a character and part of that is because she didn't either but i think it kind of you know, hurt both of, like the audience and the character at the same time, where we're all trying to figure out who she is together, but we don't really get her morality as a process in the process.
2: Yeah, and I think that but, might be yeah. something that might be developed more in the sequels once we get those. Like, I feel like even like Chris Hensworth didn't really get his foot, like, he didn't really nail into like maybe Thor Ragnar when he knew, like, oh, I should be funny, these are my sweet spots. There's this. This is the sweet spot here for the Thor franchise. This is what I should be doing.
1: That's actually yeah. something I kind of wanted to bring up. That this movie has more in common with Thor than it does with Iron Man. Yeah, in terms of that's like true. the weird sliding scale of how these origin movies start for um, the different Marvel characters. Like for this one, Captain Marvel, Thor would go off together. For Iron Man, it would be like Ant Man and. Captain America would be more towards those ideas of how their uh, story structures are set up. Yeah. I think it's... And how the characters are built up in a way.
3: I think it's kind of hard to make like the perfect origin story uh, for Captain Marvel at this point considering the fact that the next movie is Endgame, which is the biggest movie in 10 years like we have to remember that every character other than captain marvel has been in multiple movies most of the main characters have been in their standalone multiple movies so it's i think like the degree of difficulty to bring in this very integral character at the last second by having a origin story movie two months before the biggest movie of the entire studio uh, is really hard to pull off. And considering that, I think they did a, a really good job. But at the same time, like obviously, you know, with one movie, we didn't get a full sense of who she is. And I'm sure that we'll be able to delve deeper into the character as, as the MCU continues.
0: No, that's, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. I, I mean, I, I was, I was going to like consider like Black Panther as a counter to that, but Black Panther was also introduced in a previous movie before his solo run. So he had that, he had a bit of an arc or going into his own solo movie. Whereas, whereas Carol is starting literally fresh. This is her first movie ever Yeah, in the, in the, in the franchise. Um, I think that being said for me like I felt that almost every every other superhero movie you know first movie that we watch you kind of still get a sense of the character's value system like even like you know like 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 you watch Black Panther you watch the Raimi Spider-Man you watch the X-Men movies you watch um even Superman even Superman and the Batman movies uh, Wonder Woman um like you you understand why these characters react the way that they do to certain things, and it's not just like it's not just because like they have the power and they need to do something. It's not just like you know the the Uncle Ben philosophy. There there's something that drives them. Like Wonder Woman was driven by a sense of duty. She was driven by a sense of she wanted to 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 um to right these wrongs and to to um you know to end the war to end all war and to restore love to the world however much of a of a fantasy idea that that may have been and that's part of the narrative of that film with the first iron man it's about tony's redemption story where he doesn't really care about the weapons and stuff that he's building he's just you know building things because hey this is a way for me to, to continue like like my family business and stuff and he and, and it is not until he's he's um Confronted personally with, affected. yeah personally confronted with the with the the seeds that he has sown in the world that he really starts to look at at what he has done and, and really consider his legacy and start trying to turn that around and Captain America I mean Captain America you know he was looking around he just, you know, his thing was really, he was very simple, very, very much like this very simple baby boomer thing where he's just like, like I don't like bullies, I don't care where they're from, I want to go fight these people because they're bad, they're this, they're that, and they're, they're doing things that are wrong around the world, and I want to write that wrong. Each of them have their own level of hubris, but we we understand what, what it is that is driving them at their core. And I, I felt that we didn't really get that with Carol. Despite me liking the movie, <clears throat> despite me liking Brie Larson in the role, um, I just felt like we didn't really get that. But that might just be a me thing. I don't know.
1: I think a really simplistic way to go for it is that, like, we know that she's a soldier from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. That she's some sort of weapon. And then it involves into, no, she was a real soldier. She had a real... thing that she wanted to go about doing which was she wanted to fly she wanted to protect the country Mm -hmm. but we don't get a fully fleshed out idea on that i really like the movie i saw it twice to get a better idea of what i wouldn't wouldn't like about what i did and didn't like about the movie but i can i kind of see that point because when you rewatch it you kind of go and see wow they did not spend as much time they give you the flashes of her memories, but they don't give you the full connection of the memories and how they built her as a person. I did like the dislinearness of it all, though. Yeah. Because yeah. like the history of the character and everything like that. But that is actually a good point that I hadn't thought about before.
0: Yeah, and and so, sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to whatchamacallit, I actually did mean to circle back and ask you what what are your th- what are your thoughts on the film? Because I asked Jose and Austin already. <laughs>
1: Well, that was one big thought about the film, Um, the, like, dislinearness. I like that. I like that a lot, mainly for the character callback. One thing that I realized, and I just listened to um, AP Marvel's um, podcast on this movie, and I literally had to go and scroll back to, like, trailers and everything. I didn't realize that that was Jude Law in there. Really? that was Jude Law. Yeah,
3: Yeah, I did not put that
1: together all the way. I was like, man, Jude Law, you are you're not aging shitty <laughs> <laughs> unless they use the uh, unless they use the same
0: thing on him too
1: no i don't think so i don't think they would do my guy like that <laughs> <laughs> um i thought it was weird that phil colson isn't in this movie as much yeah
2: Yeah, i thought he had a bigger role but I guess. yeah yeah
0: i think he was in it the right amount he's had he's had seven seasons of a successful yeah. tv show that's Plus he was in Phase One. Plus he was a cameo in all the other in all the other Phase okay. One true, movies, right? True. Good point.
1: Yeah. Um, he's definitely not. He's not in Ultron. Age of Ultron, right? No, he's no. still no, dead. No, in he's, these not. He's,
0: he's still he's okay. he's still dead.
1: Timelines, you guys. Timelines. <laughs> oh man, I thought taking it back to the '90s in this movie though was great, and especially yeah. because of how they introduced the friend and the daughter. Which gives them like a weird backdoor thing going on there for um for the other technically Miss Marvel slash Foc-
3: slash Photon, she... I think. Yeah. Yes,
1: Photon. So when they start Wave Four, or technically Wave Three of no, characters, it'll be four. It'll be four.
0: It'll be four. Yeah, because because End Game End Game ends Phase Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: I think we'll see more... When they start phased. Yeah, I think we'll see more Photon and maybe the Little Miss Marvel or Psychid coming through in the sequels going forward.
1: Yeah. Maybe an Inhuman or two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Maybe, maybe. Not like
1: the full Inhuman Family, because Jesus Christ, (laughs) that show. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Dumpster (sighs) Fire. I really wish it weren't bad. Hellfire Dumpster Fire. (laughs)
0: I really wish that show weren't bad, just so like Kamala could get a proper origin in the yeah. introduction. They really I had needed... a weird feeling. Yeah.
1: I had a weird feeling from the jump. I saw that trailer and I was like, whew! <laughs> <laughs> whew something stinks! <laughs> <laughs> something smell like trash! <laughs> this is what happens when you can't buy back the rights to X-Men, you guys. Yeah. Gotta start promoting
2: stuff. No wonder that Fox Heel went through.
1: <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you everything if you let us have wolverine eh, i don't know everything
3: <laughs> isn't there oh, that's a
0: good one. That's a good one.
3: isn't there a quote somewhere in the marvel universe where they're like oh wait no never mind that was the social network i thought uh when when you said that chris i thought of like the the line of like, I'm not just coming back for my share. I'm coming back for everything. That's actually from the social network. Yeah, that's social network. <laughs> not a part of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> that's a good universe. line from social network. <laughs> it was well,
1: prob- that's probably what they said at the <laughs> negotiating table, though. I mean, i him, sooner or later going to wind up in a superhero movie. Isn't so. he going to play Batman? He might. He might. No, they I thought should. He, uh, he... should. I thought he was going to do it for Justice League, the one that we're going to do in the mid-2000s. Yeah, and then he was originally they- really Yeah, and oh, the George Miller one. Yeah,
0: yep. Yo, that would have been insane. Yeah, but actually, that might be a segue. Do we have any other thoughts on Captain Marvel?
2: So I guess which one? The first, still the The, first one. I'm guessing
0: the one that we're still discussing.
2: (laughs) So I guess the things that I thought were a bit of like a mess on the part movie. I wasn't a fan of like the how Nick Fury lost his eye. Yeah, it was funny though, but it was very anticlimactic of how it was set up in the other movies. Like in the other movies, he's like, I remember the Winter Soldier. This is lines like, like last time I trusted somebody, I lost an eye. I lost an but, yeah. eye. This time, it, like it doesn't seem like he doesn't trust uh, Goose. He because he, he kept the damn cat. So I, I think mean... think they made up after he threw, <laughs> he threw up the tesseract. Right? Like,
1: all right, we good, we good. The cat can Basically, eat people. Cool. He's got use. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he's useful, yeah. but he's not, like, keeping him in a cage or anything. He's just, like, out there in the open, just, like, throwing up Tesseracts and shit.
1: That's true. All <laughs> right.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
2: And uh, one thing that I also was, like, iffy about was, like, they didn't really explain the Kree's motivation for, like, being dicks to everyone. They just kind of are dicks. Yeah. Like, they... Yeah, they didn't... Yeah, like, the whole thing with the scrolls. I thought they were gonna get into, like, the whole kree scroll, scroll war... And why they're fighting each other but I'm glad I watched it a second time because from there I just saw like oh the scrolls refused to obey Cree law and that's why they were conflicting with the Cree. so basically yeah. it just seems like the Kree are just a bunch of dicks that put laws on everybody
3: oh,
0: see I didn't even catch that I was still confused as to what the war was really about I thought it was just like we just got thrown into a war and just like she's just like on this one mission and finds out the truth about her and then fights back and says yeah screw you guys
2: yeah, and so second, I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah, I caught it a, the second time I saw it. Because, yeah, I didn't catch it the first time I saw it. I caught it the second time it happens when uh, Talos is telling um, Carol about it once they're outside the farm. So, like, oh, hey, yeah, we refuse to obey Kree law. They're just a bunch of dicks and just chase us around the galaxy. So, we're fighting for our lives, basically. Yeah, true, true, true. I'm glad I also caught, like, where the cat came from. The second time I saw it, because I just I just thought the cat just randomly showed up in the bunker and like what the fuck is this alien cat doing here? <laughs> and then when I saw it a second time, it's like oh it was like Doctor Lawson's cat. That's how they
0: got there. Yeah, but also we also know that it's not just the cat. Yeah. Also alien the funny cat. the funny thing is that is actually straight out of the the Kelly Sue DeConnick comic, which is I found really funny when I when you know when I found that out because I I went into this movie cold like. The only thing that I knew that I had seen from Captain Marvel was like the old X-Men when like Rogue took her powers and kept it and decided she was going to fly and have super strength. Um, <laughs> and also like in the Avengers somebody's Heroes when Jennifer Hale was voicing her, when she, when Carol was still Miss Marvel. Um, oh, yeah. But like other, other than that, I didn't really know much about her. Even in like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, I didn't use her in the game. I used Storm. But so yeah having this having this movie was definitely good for someone like me even even though I've been exposed to a ton of superhero material I didn't really know Carol's backstory like that outside of a Wikipedia page
2: yeah same but, yeah. I had to do my research on Carol before going on yeah. beforehand like yon Rog, I knew was evil but I thought they were going to do what they did with like Mordo and Doctor Strange like they were going to set up him for the villain in the sequel then the yeah. whole twist happens like oh he was actually the villain all along
0: yeah, which I thought was good. That was good. Um, Chris Austin, any final thoughts on the movie?
3: I have two. Um, okay. one is I was I found myself really excited going into the movie because this is the first time that I've like watched a like origin story superhero movie would with not without knowing anything about the character. It's like even yeah. like I like I was never a big Marvel fan until the movies, but like everyone knows who Iron Man and Cap America is. So, I was just I just found myself like really excited, and I think that painted my opinion of the movie and why I rate it so highly in my head was just because you know this is the the first time. I'm seeing this character, and it's like it's like it's it's like a shiny new car, you know. Ooh, I've got got all these features, Bluetooth, you know. fist hands, it all that works. And um, it smells so nice. The second thing is is that I was very happy to see Carol Danvers wearing a nine inch nail shirt, but Ooh. they should have put a nine inch nails song in there, and I just think they missed a great opportunity. I don't know what one they could have gone with because they have almost zero radio-friendly songs, but don't tease me with the shirt and then not give me any, any Nine Inch Nails. Anyway.
0: No. Um, all right, Chris?
3: Um, I
1: really would have appreciated them getting into the Cree Scroll war because that's maybe one of the better comics to come around comic book arcs for the avengers and it's just nuts and how long it like spans like it starts in the 70s and then it pops up in the 80s it pops up in the 90s it's partially like a big part of um the post-civil war stuff yeah the post-civil war stuff the pre-civil war stuff too and like post scarlet witch dying the house of m yeah okay or, like, yeah, like right after House of M, and like for Runaways, it plays a role in that oh, yeah, too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I forgot and like the this reason phone. why there's the Super Scroll is like a, a part of that. Oh, yeah. And like it's their weird interactions with the Fantastic Four. So it's like a big thing that they could have gotten into a little bit. But also, you have a movie franchise, and you need this to make a billion dollars. So, I can't be mad at people making money making decisions. <laughs> Things happen. <laughs> Things get cut from the cutting room yeah, floor. Maybe in the This is true. Get left on the cutting room floor. Yeah. My second thing was, I liked the fact that there was a shift on who the vi- actual villain was. And how, like, it can look one way, but it's really just more there's more facets to what's going on than what you originally think.
2: Yeah. It's all a lot of perspective. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Perspective is very important. And maybe in the second movie, she's working with the cream. Maybe in the second movie, she's in the middle and she's just trying to help people who actually need help. We don't know. That's
0: true. Maybe. Anything's possible. Maybe. Yeah. I I think I, yeah, I agree on that one. I definitely appreciated that shift in that realization That she was being used and gaslit, and you know, being told that she's that she should, you know, prove herself and 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 kind of play into Yon Rog's sense of you know what's acceptable for what's acceptable use of her powers, what's acceptable fighting, what you know how she should fight on his terms, and not necessarily what she's do what she's born to do, do what she use her her actual abilities to their fullest and then you know finding out that they were literally like tying a hand behind her back by limiting her powers and you know trying to control her mm-hmm. and when that's when that limiter is removed and she gets to go super saiyan aka binary um but yeah I, I i thought that was definitely a very powerful moment and you know both lit- both 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 um literally and metaphorically and I think that played out really well. And then getting to watch her wipe the floor with spaceships, and then just go like insane, and just just you know just you know just beat the mess out of everybody else, and like and like yes. have fun doing, it and have fun doing, it and just say, all right, this is you know this is what I'm fully capable of. And that's in seeing her coming to own was really really like engaging and fun, and that was one of the one of my favorite parts to see. Um. Does anyone have, do we, anyone have any number ratings for this at all? I have, because I'm giving, I'm giving an eight out of 10. I don't know what everyone, what everyone else had. Like, I I know, I know I have some critical stuff about it, but I thought it was still a really good movie.
3: I would say the same,
2: eight out of 10. For me, I'd say about a seven
0: out of ten. Seven? Okay.
1: Yeah, I agree with Jose on that. Seven out of 10.
0: Okay. Hey, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed our show so far. Just wanted to give a quick shout out to our other podcast, Scraptitude, hosted by Tim Lewis and Jeff Akins. If you're a fan of boxing, mixed martial arts, or both, Scraptitude is the show for you. You can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Scraptitude. Now, back to the show. All right. And I think that gives us our transition into Shazam! Shazam!
2: The artist
1: formerly known as Captain (laughs) Marvel. Except Captain the sparkles. superhero formerly
2: known as Captain <laughs> Captain Sparkle, Hands. Captain Sparkle Fingers, Sparkle <laughs> Fingers,
0: sparkle yeah. Fingers. There we go. So much better. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So just for any anyone who would be listening to this episode, the um, Shazam, the, you know, the superhero formerly known as Captain Marvel, released by DC Entertainment and one and Warner Bros. Pictures, came out just this past weekend on April fifth. 2019 and it seems to have a pretty solid opening weekend pretty pretty solid you know especially since dc has has had some some bumps and bruises post batman post christopher nolan but they seem to be getting out of the the zack snyder slump um i think okay so we started with austin we, we started with austin for the captain marvel um jose do you want to start this one off
2: Sure. So for this one right. this one I would say I actually did love this movie. This this one hit me in all the, all the spots. It hit me in the feels with the whole family aspect of it. It had good comedy, a good enough amount of action scenes. It wasn't like overwhelming, like blowing up buildings and stuff, no end of the world kind of thing. It was just like I felt like it was just the right amount of action. Most and... things. Yeah, low stakes, and that was, like, I, I liked that. It was, like, good enough. Like, I, it gave me something fresh. Like, it gave me, like, this heart, family, warm aspect to it that I hadn't seen in other movies, especially in superhero movies, for a while. And, yeah, I just thought, like, Zachary Levi, perfect casting as Shazam. Like, like having seen his other stuff, like Chuck and other shows he's been on and Flynn Rider and Tangled he was the perfect guy to be a man-child playing a man-child of superheroes <laughs> especially since the MCU did him a little dirty with just killing him off unceremoniously in Thor Ragnarok but he finally got his Troop. he got his moment to shine and just like the supporting cast too like the whole family the foster family was fantastic yeah darla i fucking love that little girl like i was like no if anybody hurts this little girl i will like don't you touch her she is too precious for this world
0: she she was great she was great
2: freddie was great as like the best friend that was like all into superheroes trying to get billy excited uh the foster parents too like i just love the warmth that they gave off and uh mark strong finally getting to play a good superhero a supervillain after, like, having been teased that in the first Green Lantern movie, but Sinestro, now he's getting his full potential on as, like, hey, I'm a big bad guy. I can actually do some shit in the DC universe now.
0: Yeah, but he he was also in, in the Kingsman movies. Well, yeah, but, I mean, as a supervillain, I mean. But
2: and yeah, Kick-Ass. That's, that's yeah, that's true. True. Yeah. He's in Kick-Ass. And also, kick that's ass. not that's his true.
1: fault that Green Lantern
3: was trash. That's everyone's yeah. fault. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds that's is true. very much against that movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: oh yes Yes, he is
3: yeah
2: Mark Strong was good in, as Sinestro but they just didn't give him enough to do much They it seemed like he was going to have a bigger role in the sequels but then it's like oh that didn't happen sequels?
1: <laughs> what sequels? <laughs> exactly <laughs> it didn't happen
3: you mean the cartoons <laughs> oh, wait actually that would be a good look for him I don't know why he hates Probably. that movie so much didn't he meet Blake Lively from that movie? yeah yeah. So why is he, he why is he why sh- is he crapping on it? Because
0: it's a bad movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's the only good thing they came garbage. out of the movie. <laughs> <Yes>. Same thing <laughs> happened
2: with uh, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner with Daredevil. Trash movie. It's also true. Married.
3: Oh yeah. Also true. Are they are they're, they're not together anymore. last than I checked. No, they're uh, not. Yeah.
0: That is also true. Uh, Austin. What's the... Sorry, Austin. What what are your thoughts on 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 Shazam? you, what, you know you saw it this weekend as well.
3: Blown away. Um, I was telling my friend before we were watching it that I was afraid it was going to be a PG-13 movie. A PG-13 version of Daredevil. Of No, not Daredevil. Deadpool 2? Because I saw Deadpool 2 recently. I'm not going to reveal any spoilers or whatever because this isn't about it's Deadpool 2. But it just felt like everything that was new and cool about Deadpool... Was recycled in Deadpool 2 and was just like, it felt like 12 year old boys were writing a rated R movie and I have no interest in watching that. And like, the swearing was out of place and all that. And it was, and the jokes were just like too easy. So that was my fear from watching the trailers for Shazam, because there's a lot of, like, this kind of comedy. It's like, oh, it's a 15-year-old man's body. So I was really afraid that it wouldn't be um, natural and it would just be, you know, Deadpool 2. It was not Deadpool 2. It was fantastic. Um, Like what Jose said, Zachary Levi was like born to play Shazam, it feels it feels like now. Um the the comedy was great and on point and wasn't forced, which is which is so critical. Uh it was organic, it was natural. I just I I, I the more the movie went on, the more I'm like, oh my God, this is so good. And it just And then at the end, when they have everyone's a superhero, I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I was freaking out. I was I was smiling in my chair.
0: Yeah, man, that I feel you. I feel you, man. Uh,
1: Chris? How that movie ended was so unexpected for me with everybody becoming superheroes, and I loved it. That was like a right note to end that to give them the Super Family, the Marvel Family, mm, mm, no. the, Shazam the Shazam Family. family. Captain, <laughs> right, sparkle, right.
3: sparkle, sparkle Fingers Family. The
1: Sparkle Family. <laughs> yeah, we got this. We got this now, you guys. The Sparkle Fingers Family. All right. I thought that was a really good note. I was very surprised by who they had playing the adult versions of all those characters. Yep yeah i was like megan good yeah wow. yes this that was all so... makes sense ross butler you on the come up young buck you on the come up <laughs> adam brody clearly you have to work out a lot now this makes sense this makes sense but i thought that they chose the right actors to just go along with those personalities in a way but um something i really like the movie i saw this morning i thought it was really funny i thought Austin you brought up a great point where it could have gone very much 12 year old trying to write an adult movie it doesn't go there but it kind of like winks at that a little bit with the beer scene with Zachary Levi going in to buy beer for them and then they're just like no this is terrible <laughs> yeah. this is such a let's crazy. go back and buy candy yeah i thought that was such a wink oh, to that so and zachary levi i find the outrage that people had about him being this character to be kind of fake because maybe people forgot that he's also like six five
0: yeah
1: and like this character is very much if you've ever seen the cartoons that they've been recently putting out he's in young justice and he sounds like a child at times
0: yeah
2: he's yeah. also voiced by and Rob like,
1: Lowe yeah yeah i think which is also perfect yeah i yeah. think
2: the controversy with his casting was more so that he their people were like the same kind of controversy they have with Gal Gadot like oh they're not buff enough but like just give yeah. the man some
1: time. Give him some power. <laughs> go, go, send him to Michael B. Jordan's training. Yeah, trainer there you go. And yeah. He'll be fine. yeah, yeah. When they there you go, I also, I also really love that John Glover is in this movie yeah. as Daddy S- <laughs> I Savannah. Did, I was telling
2: Brandon this, and he's now played two daddies to Baltimore. <laughs>
3: yeah,
1: <laughs> just wrapping yeah. up. Yeah, he <laughs> was. Yeah. He was. <laughs> At times, he was also the funniest and best part of Somerville. Not Somerville, Smallville. He was really good in that. Yep. Oh, Lionel Luther. Lionel Luther.
0: Oh man. Alright, well, this should come as no surprise. I absolutely loved this movie. I found myself laughing uncontrollably at so many different parts. Um there were other moments that were just really, really heartwarming. And then others that just really hit me in the feels. Like it was an emotional roller coaster in all the best ways, and in all the ways that I really appreciate about superhero movies and it's definite a definite departure from the zack snyder era uh, and yep. i know we, we've been very patient to see what the first film would be that ha- did not have his influence at all and i'm definitely happy to say that this is it like colors
1: there were colors. There, there were, i
0: mean there were there were bright colors there was genuine funny humor it wasn't something yeah. that was forced it wasn't something that was like trying to 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 like Twist the arm of the fans. It was, it, you know, it just felt natural. It, it was like at the right moment. It didn't overstay its welcome, and, and, and it, it did the, the way they did the comedy was in a lot of ways even better than the Marvel movies do the comedy. Yeah, oftentimes because yeah, because like, like they used the way that they used it was just something that just felt right and was just perfect for the situation. And then when it, you know, it when it needed to be cut off, they cut it off. But also, like, the very, very serious and emotional moments of this movie, they also let them sit, and they let them ride out, and they let it play out, and I really appreciated that. You know, w- when it comes to a balance in a film, it's not just, like, filling in awkward space with jokes, it's, and it's not just filling in, like, you know, awkward space with action and violence either. They're, you have to actually give the audience a chance to settle into that mood before you change the mood on them. And I felt that they really did a good job with that. I mean, it, um, I really appreciated the the through line with Billy looking for his mom and mm. when you know when they went through that whole that whole scenario where you showed how you know how much it had affected him where he loses her and and then he just spends his entire life for what 7 years maybe longer he, he's, yeah. he's like 14 15 it. he loses her as a toddler basically he's yeah. 14 15 and he's been running away from all of his foster homes trying to find her all over Pennsylvania which also shout out to the fact that this movie was in Philly like awesome like I, I caught those Philly references, man, and and you know I, I'm I'm sure a certain someone that that that, are, that is friends with us will also be very appreciative of this movie, yeah. but, um, but yeah, he's running all over Philly and all over Pennsylvania trying to find his mom. And When he finally finds her and realizes what happened, it's just like a huge like gut punch, and they don't, yeah. and they, and they let you sit with that for a moment and like let him come to that realization and say, you know what, I have to go back to my real family yeah i had and tears I, coming I, out I, of me yeah and yeah that's it I, I was like why am i crying oh shit yeah they got me that, that in the field. Yeah. it's real this this, this, this when thing it hits like, you in the feels. yeah this one this that th- that hurt and it, it was like it felt good to be able in a weird way it felt good to be able to feel that and then have it right out and then go back to the to the to like on the having your your emotions go on the upswing again instead of instead of like having that tension broken with someone making an awkward comment or someone like falling out of a chair or things like that like some kind of slapstick like it it was if it, it felt I it, yeah it felt mature yeah it felt mature um
1: it felt earned yes
0: there we go it felt earned um one thing I also want to point out, which is gonna be funny about both of these movies, but Ja Hanzo just randomly popping up in both, and being yeah. the, and being being the wizard, but also popping up in both movies, but yeah, popping up and being the origin the original wizard Shazam but I think it it' it was also a good nod and foreshadowing where he talked about the fact that Billy wasn't necessarily inheriting his power so much as inheriting the entire lair and and like he basically made a point to tell him that. You're inheriting all this. You're not just inheriting my magic. You're inheriting all this. So when he came, so when he, so when they got back, and then they realized, like, like when he tells everyone, like, all right, everyone is, everyone say my name, and then, and, then he, and yeah, just Billy. And he's like, no, 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 say what I say to turn it to this guy. He's like, oh, Shazam. So like, <laughs> it felt like it felt like like I love that he realized that it's like, oh, it wasn't. It's like I didn't just get this guy's thing. He said that he was one of. He said he was one of entire council. I can rebuild the council. And like he might not have thought ex- exactly in those terms, but it's like kind of him using that wisdom of Solomon and saying, "Hey, right, I can like he gave me the power, but I can also give more because he wasn't actually alone. He's just the last survivor." And mm-hmm. so having having that just also felt really earned, and also a great surprise and a great cameo from Megan Good and everyone else that Chris yeah. really mentioned. I mean, yeah, th- this. I, yeah, I really, I really loved this movie.
2: Because what's the good of having superpowers if you can't share them with family?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And like keeping that 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 dynamic, that throw line. It was very, very focused. I think my one complaint might be that there were some parts that dragged, but overall I just I was I willing to overlook that.
3: (laughs) It was really refreshing to see um the original Shazam talk about his magic and his power, and it not feel contrived and cheesy. Like we've been watching superhero movies for what twenty years now. Like pretty much. Um, so most of the audience members are kind of kind of done with the, the the cheesy parts of what being a superhero was. And it was played so naturally, so emotionally, that it, it resonates with you no matter how corny you may think magic is um, in pop culture. Because it's not about the magic, it's about the human element.
0: Yeah.
2: yeah. Well said. And This movie really got that.
3: The one thing, yeah. though, my my... My one complaint, my one bugaboo, is going back to that scene where he sees his uh, his mother, um, now that he's, you know, 15. She's clearly in a relationship, an abusive relationship, and yeah. they kind of just... Sweep that on right. the floor. Right, yeah. and they make yeah. it seem like it's her fault. Like... Because he's like, oh, whatever, you know, you don't even remember my compass. Uh, I don't need you. And the way the movie's played out is like, well, she's a bad person. She, you know, did the wrong thing with him. Um, you know, you, 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 the audience member, don't have to feel bad for her. Don't have to think about her again. Shazam's with his family. And it's like, well... You know, because the last things we're hearing is uh, her boyfriend saying, Who was that? And it's like, really? We're going to, in this day and age, we're going to have um, someone who is the victim of domestic abuse in, in whatever scenario it is. I don't know if it's physical or not. But we're going to make her out to be the bad guy? It's like, really? So that that was the only thing that really just, you know... Stuck in my shoe or whatever the the, the term is. No, that
1: that's... I think that was a quick way to close that door and just like go and say, "Hey, this person really is as bad as you think they are," and they're kind of getting their comeuppance. And then they close the door. I don't agree with it. That's how I interpreted it,
3: though. See, that's how I interpreted too, and I feel like that's how they okay. they wanted you to interpret it as. And it's like, uh, yeah. I don't think. That's that's not. That was cringy. Yeah, this is yeah. 2019.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's that, that's a, that's a good point, point. and I, I mean, I did that did kind of strike me in the moment. I think, and I think that having that having it kind of swept under made it, and then having everything that else came after, made it a little easier to kind of overlook on first watch, but on repeated viewings, that's something that's definitely going to stick out, I think, to people. Um, but you're you're right, and I think that is something that is a not only a legitimate criticism, something that should definitely be brought up and really you know, kinda kinda hammered home. I think one thing that's interesting about it is that if we go back to like if if we uh, I hate to, to to bring this up, but if you go back to even Black Panther where they had the the whole thing where where T'Chaka and and um, Zuri had left um, Eric before he became Killmonger, you know, they they killed his dad and then left. Like to me, it was kind of like this was a a somewhat similar moment from the the title characters where T'Challa is rebelling against his father after you know he's idolizing his father and you know romanticizing his father, and then when he comes he realizes what his father did he came back and he lashed at him in the, in the ancestral plane. And to me, Billy being confronted with his mother and coming to that realization that she abandoned him is him leaving her, is him basically leaving her and not dealing with the situation that he clearly had the power to, to resolve. And to me, that might say something more about Billy than it. it I don't know. This might be me gleaming more from the film than the screenwriter intended. Maybe the screenwriter just intended for us to be like, okay, well, karma sucks but any you know to, to do that at the expense of violence against women is is is, is like you know not
1: a very questionable
0: decision yeah it's a yeah. it's, def- it's a very questionable decision um
3: but especially when oh sorry you were going to say something
0: yeah no worries no worries i'm i'm still not sure if that's something that if that was a billy decision or a screenwriting decision or an oversight or something like that i don't know what it is i just know that that that's what we that's what we got what we got is like there's this hint that she's in an abusive relationship. Yeah. We don't know, like no, don't... we don't know. Yeah, we don't know fully what's going on because we don't see the guy. We only hear the tone of voice and we see her reaction. So we have that sense that it's an abusive relationship, and we're already feeling that heartstring. Like, okay, he's a superhero. Is he gonna do it? Is he gonna save his mother? And then he leaves the same way that she left him.
2: Yeah, because I also think there's some, yeah. this might be a situation where it's open to interpretation. Like, I don't think we ever see... Do, do, is she bruised at all? I don't remember if the mom ever seems like she's being abused other than that, like, the guy's like, hurry up, dinner's getting cold or whatever. I feel, so it might be a
3: situation... Well, I feel like they were trying to make it clear that there was some kind of verbal abuse going on. Like, she was clearly in a problematic situation that she didn't want to be a part of but felt stuck in yeah and what is so striking about that is that earlier in the movie you see the stereotypical woman getting assaulted but then they flip it and it's like the woman um by the time shazam gets over to where she is she's like yeah i already maced him and I have my wallet, I'm fine, like, you don't need to be here. (laughs) Yeah. So, so why, why, yeah, why do you have a woman taking care of herself? Why do you put a trope in, and then twist it, um, in such a great way, and then have... And then later on,
0: play it straight.
2: Yeah. Well, to kind of play devil's advocate, like, Billy, being a 15-year-old boy, would he have the, like, the mental maturity to, like, understand that kind of situation? Like, he's he has he's been away from his parents. He hasn't seen his mom. All he knows is that she abandoned her. She would rather be with this guy than admit that he exists. Would he have that kind of, like, mental maturity to realize, oh, my mom might need help?
3: Maybe not, but at the same time, there's, I feel like there's a difference between the filmmaker's point of view and the main character's point of view, and that could have been presented in a way where Billy doesn't get it but the audience is supposed to get it and it w- it just felt like it was like them telling the audience well she's a bad person you don't need to worry about her she's made her own problems Billy is free and clear to just be with his family and forget about his mom forever and like and i feel like you know off the top of my head like i don't know how they could have made that a better scene, but I feel like it could have been a fairly easy fix. Like, maybe he could have said something like, I don't know, I'll see you again, or... or I don't know. Something. Some, something to, to yeah. make the audience understand that this isn't right, she's in a bad situation, and not to victim blame.
2: Yeah, or what no, they could have done is just made the guy... That like the husband in the background not sound as bad, just like basically make it look like she was just having a family of her own, like but she was happy with that family.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It could have been just like a simple "Hey, honey, who's at the door?"
1: Yeah, then... or you had a kid run to the door.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, that's actually and what I she thought ushers the kid
1: it. back into the house. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Because
2: like she said, she had Billy when she was like 16. She wasn't mentally prepared to be a mom yet. But now that she's older, she might have said to have a family of her own on her own terms. And that could have also been a catalyst for Billy in a better way than kind of victim blaming the mom.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It it definitely was a little bit of a dark twist.
1: Although I will add that It kind of takes some of the pressure off of Billy because that entire scene, well, not the entire scene, but earlier in the movie, when you find out how they got separated, you can kind of see that it weighs on him. And that's why he's trying to find the mom to be like, I'm sorry, I ran away. I'm sorry that this all happened. He takes the blame on himself. But when they get into when they get involved with each other for like that one scene, And she goes and she explains, I was a teenage mom, like, I was in over my head, your dad wasn't around, so I just let you run away and let the cops have you, and then I saw you and I ran away. It kind of felt like maybe this is how they're trying to take the pressure off of Billy and like just remove her from being a part of his life easy, but like, I don't know, I felt it, it feels a little too easy.
3: And if, and then
1: like it just throws the rest in there and it's just like oh eh maybe messy yes messy messy maybe a little too messy
0: yeah because I mean especially now you got like you got like the entire rainbow of, of superheroes and ain't nobody gonna, ain't nobody coming coming to help her mm-hmm. well unless like unless they come back um, to it in the sequel but even then like. That that's pretty dark. Yeah. Maybe Snyder was still involved in this movie.
3: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. I just like it's dark for a very bright movie.
2: Yeah. As far as I know, he stayed away.
3: No. <laughs> There's just so many ways they could have had it, like with, with what what uh, was said before, like. You know, her just not wanting him. Like, okay, if you want to make her the bad guy, make her the bad guy. But, like, don't bring in, you know, like Jose said, don't victim blame this person. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, now that you bring it up, I think, as far as I can tell, that may have been, like, the only messy spot that I could find in this movie. So everything else kind of like seemed to like sweep that really dark moment under the rug in a way that I didn't, I didn't even think about it until Austin brought it up. And yeah, that's a good point.
1: Yeah. It's a really good point. I, there was something in there that I really appreciate. Oh yeah. um, When they, when Shazam's talking about how they had another champion who fell and who very much, uh, what was it? became very self-serving yep. i thought that that was a very interesting way to quietly introduce black Adam. when black the rock <laughs> plays black adam
0: who also produced the movie
2: yeah I he think? produced the movie yep. yeah he was like sorry i'm not gonna be part of this one guys but i'll still give you executive producing credit so. <laughs> i really thought they were gonna Sheesh. tease him in the mid-credit scene but nope we got yeah. we got a caterpillar from a caterpillar from venus instead can...
1: Whoa, 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 my
3: dude, that's Mr. Mind. Yeah, Mr. Mind. <laughs> my my friend was like so excited. I was like, Who is that? And he's like, Mr. Mind, I can't believe they're bringing yeah. him. I'm like, I have who
0: what? What is this? I had I had no idea who that was. I was like, What the flying duck is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I had to double back on my research to make sure that I wasn't mistaking him for something else. But geez, they they're really gonna pull into the deep neck lexicon of like characters. Yeah, they have to for these movies.
0: They have to, I mean, because if they had gone with Black Adam, like if they go with Black Adam next movie, like that's his big bad. Like where that's do they go? True. Where do they go from there? They have to save him,
2: and that's why the Rock is getting them. his solo movie first. Yeah. So I wonder if Juman Hansu will technically still be part of that one, because I mean, it would make sense, right?
0: I think so. Yeah. I think it would make sense, yeah. unless they're the going yeah, unless they're going with, like, the Egyptian um, um, origin story with him.
2: Oh, true.
1: They could do that pretty yeah. easy
2: Because it seemed like from what we got in this movie, it seemed like it kind of tied into a plot a little bit. Like, the uh, the wizard was saying how Black Adam kind of used the seven deadly sins to, like, wipe out, like, the slavers in Europe from and free the Jews or something like that.
1: Yeah. Something
0: like
2: that
1: but he's still like running around and but it, it's not that he's still running around it doesn't really close the close the door on the idea of him being dead or gone at all yeah
2: like you yeah. know something happened he went away somehow but i'm assuming the rock wants to explore that in his
0: movie yeah probably
2: but yeah i'm excited for billy and the shazamly to like team up against the rock Can you smell what Black Adam is (laughs) cooking?
0: I can't yeah, I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, that I think that should be that would be interesting. It also makes me wonder, are they gonna make a push for more of the younger heroes now? Now that they've tried to move away in the Justice League, kind of I mean it didn't technically flop, but it didn't do as well as it could have. And now that they're like, you know, you know, Nightwing's back on the table, um, Batgirl's back on the table. Um, are they going to do more team-oriented stuff? And now that we have the whole Shazam family, are are any of them going to join? Are they going to do a Teen Titans movie, even though they have the live-action Titans series? I mean, there's it. it it's kind of begging that question now for me at least. What they yeah. and I think
2: that's a yeah. That's the problem with DC not having like a Kevin Feige figure her, like, and steer the ship. Yeah.
1: Because even then, like, there's the rumors on what's happening with the Flash and uh, what's his name having Ezra, Ezra Miller. Miller and... Ezra
0: Miller's gone. <laughs> Are,
1: is he gone or is he teaming up with someone to write their own Flash movie? He was, he was teaming was trying up with Grant Morrison to write his own
2: Flash movie. I saw an article that's saying that he did, didn't go through and then he dropped out of the role, but I haven't seen that anywhere else. So I don't know if that's
0: confirmed or not. Is it
3: just... I mean, oh, what are you going to say?
0: Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Well, was it just me, or was Ezra Miller, like, a terrible Flash?
0: <laughs> well, thank God someone said it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank God someone said it.
3: Because it's like, you know, the, the kooky... See, the, you know, the Flash, again, I was afraid it was going to be something like what Shazam was going to be. The Flash is like a really bad version of Spider-Man, of, Tim, of Tom Holland's Spider-Man. It's like, let's take Tom Holland's Spider-Man, but make it really contrived and overplayed and ingenuine. You know? It's like, have we ever... I mean, I know that The Flash can be kind of, like, comedic in a way, but I've never thought of him as, like, this completely, like... like awkward. Yeah, like, yeah, I've no, never yeah. seen that. So, like... They're like, all right, I guess we need an awkward teenager in Justice League. It's like, okay, what? Like, no, you don't need that, and that's not the yeah, Flash.
0: No. Yeah, no, they 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 butchered him completely. Like, yeah. if you look at the Flash, like you look at Barry, you look you you look at Jay, you look at Barry, you look at Wally, you look at at Bart, um, even Jesse. Um, the, ter- the 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 tornado twins and stuff like that they're not they're not awkward they're all like they're all fully confident figures and characters and and, we bear, and especially like with Barry he's a CSI and all that like he's not like, I know yeah. that that you know the CSI might have that um what word I'm looking for here not prejudice might have that perception of you know being a shut-in but like Barry Allen is not a shut-in I mean he, I mean I think Grant Gustin is, is the Honestly, the perfect Barry Allen. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. That, really in is. that, like, you know, he, r- regardless of my issues with that show these days, um, Grant Gustin is fantastic in the role and always has been. Even, even when he when he first debuted on Arrow, I was just like, "Yo, I'm," I was like, "I might have my gripes with Arrow, but I'm sold on on a Flash show right now."
2: Yeah, and he was a little bit kooky, but not to the extent that Ezra was. He was like yeah. the right amount of like awkward but funny, and it wasn't like Ezra who was kind of like. Just awkward. And trying to be funny, but just no. And at least Grant Gustin knows how to run, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As yeah. Ramilo, and that and I remember just the ending shot of that movie when you see like a glimpse of all the heroes, like Batman going up in like his the batch ad, uh, Superman flying away, as Romillo's just like looking like he's swimming in land. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> did, oh does he know gosh. how to run? Like did they I feel like this, was, this should have been part of the training. Like, how the fuck do you know how to
1: <laughs> run? Maybe he was too busy shooting. I feel like if they did that movie, like, in the 90s, Paul Rudd would have been fine for it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, like, young Paul Rudd. But now we live in this era, and that's not that's not possible. I mean, mm, no, I take that back. Paul Rudd can do whatever he wants. <laughs> the man doesn't age either.
2: That's fair. He's 50,
1: amaze. isn't he? Yeah, just He turned. looks 32. He looks yeah. 32. Yeah. He's 50? Paul Rudd yeah. believes in cocoa butter, you guys. <laughs> He's down with cocoa butter. I'm telling you.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, uh, funny right. way
2: to tie it back in to the Shazam yes. is that uh, Adam Brody almost played the Flash in that same George Miller Justice League movie. Ooh. Yeah, and he would have been perfect. He would have. Yep. And DJ Catrona, the one that played uh, Pedro's uh, Shazam double game, I mean, he almost played Superman in that movie.
3: We should have interesting. We should find Whoa. a way to create the Speed Force, create a flashpoint, go back to 2005, and just create that Justice League with our Ar- Army Hammer and uh, and Adam Brody. I mean, <laughs> boom, done. There you go.
0: I mean, are, would we be ready for a three-hour Justice League movie directed by George Miller?
3: Probably not, but figure out
1: the, we'll figure out the I don't know. You got to give the people what they want sometimes.
0: <laughs> sometimes. I mean, if you give me Jon Stewart as a Green Lantern, I would be sold on that movie.
2: Yeah, I think the script was, oh, for that movie was like out on the internet at some point. It was wild. It was like like Jay Boruchel, I think is his name. Okay. The skinny dude from
1: Tropic Thunder, and she's out of my league. He was Maxwell Lord. What? Wait a second. I'm pulling up this Wikipedia page right now. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently they did have Wonder Woman snapping his neck, like in the comics. Yeah. Ooh, that been- and Wonder Woman was either Mika Kelly or Adrian Pilecki.
2: Adrian Adrian Pellecchi had the yeah, pilot. She- yeah, she had a pilot. Uh,
1: Megan oh, no.
2: Gale, I think, I want to say, is the one who played Wonder Woman in that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Megan Gale. Um... Teresa Palmer was supposed to be Talia yeah. Al Ghul. Common was supposed to be like John Stewart.
0: Oh man, this was going to be a stacked movie. Yeah, jeez. Yeah, but, it was. But uh, I guess before we get, we we've gotten off topic a little bit. But um, are there any final thoughts before we go back on this on this route? Um, any other final thoughts on on Shazam?
3: I feel like it could it it was like a little better than Captain Marvel, and I feel like i've just said blasphemy but i kind of i kind of got the feeling that i enjoy, i enjoyed shazam way more than than captain marvel i feel like a bad person for saying that but that's just that's how i feel
2: no i hope I, I wholeheartedly agree i was yeah i definitely like i like shazam gave me all the emotions i wanted to feel like i it just hit all the right spots for me, whereas Captain Marvel just, like, it entertained me, but it didn't take me on, like, an emotional journey, like, the way she's in. Yeah. And I appreciated that.
1: Yeah. I think when you've been up through a lot of shitty DC movies, when you get a good one, it sticks with you. And I think it also... I think that since this one was such a departure, it's sticking with people more. Maybe it's also recency bias, but I thought that since the movie... It wasn't, like, a real, more adult-oriented, like, superhero movie. This one was more for kids in a way, but it just, like, it was more for families in a way. It was more for families, and it was just more honest about it in that way, and it didn't try to hide behind anything. So it was just, it sticks with you more because it played on those family values and, like, what it means to be a family, what it means to stand up for other people when it's right. But, yeah, I wound up liking this movie a lot more. Not a lot more, but more enough. And I feel like with Marvel, we've gotten to this point where we expect, like, a pinnacle of, like, storytelling. And Captain Marvel was good, and but it, I don't feel like it hit that pinnacle. I think it did a lot of things that it should have done, though. And it hit the right notes, but it didn't hit all the notes that I expected.
0: That's yeah. fair. That's fair. Yeah, I, I think I'm 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 in the same boat. I mean, I liked both movies, but I loved Shazam. I liked Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, like we've already said, that emotional roller coaster, hitting all those beats, um, really, really just having a a a sense of the story that you want to tell, and just going for it, knowing when knowing when to hit the gas pedal and when to hit the brakes knowing when to let a moment be serious and when to add levity knowing knowing how much comedy to use and like when to just cut when to cut it off and like how to transition away from the comedy instead of just having it be abrupt like it was it was it felt like it was just very masterfully woven like it but it it felt like it was kind of not as many not as many hands not as many cooks in the kitchen. Like. I felt yeah. with Captain Marvel, like, like and I think we talked about it after watching it, that it felt like there were there were like competing interests in the film almost like like there were several different people writing it and it kind of showed up in the film. But that also yeah. unfortunately ended up being true where there were like a lot of people writing the movie, whereas this one felt like it was more one f- voice. Yeah, more more. Yeah, more unified yeah. voice, more singular voice. And I think that it, ended up, you know, for for better or worse, that's how it had played out. I mean, granted, there's also the the point that Austin brought up about the about you know about Billy's mom, um, and you know maybe that wouldn't have happened in if there were like maybe like one more writer that you know have, having 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 a woman in the writing room, um, you know that most likely plays out differently, mm-hmm. but overall i i definitely enjoyed and appreciated uh Shazam I, I think it definitely felt fresh even if you know superheroes are things that we see a lot and you know people are used to it's it's american mythology like you know but yeah i i appreciated it and <laughs> interestingly enough i think that Shazam would make uh, would make a great shonen in anime i really do <laughs> I think we we'll make a great show. Hadouken. That bro, I was I was dying laughing at that. That I, I, oh, I, I couldn't god. stop laughing at that. I was like, oh my gosh, that, that just happened. <laughs>
2: I love that that happened.
3: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> that was that was that was good.
3: Bro, yeah. Hey, good. I got the voice uh, for it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh. oh my god.
2: It, oh, it was perfect. It was like so in, in line with that kid's character. Yeah. It was like, yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well that that was one of those things I was just earned. Very well
1: earned.
0: Um Megan Good being Darla was was pretty funny. Pretty funny.
1: I just recognized where I know the little girl from. She's on This Is Us. Oh Yeah, she's the younger daughter on This Is Us. This would
2: explain her ability to make me cry. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: Got some talent here.
2: Pulling all my emotions, yeah
0: but yeah i'm I'm gonna go out and say uh i'm I'm giving Shazam a nine well, I'm giving Shazam a nine that's 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 heavy for me, but I'm going for it
2: yeah I think I'd also give it a nine
3: I feel like I want to give some space for improvement, so I'm gonna give it. Like an eight point five. Okay. It's it's like in the in terms of the DC universe films, for me it goes Wonder Woman, Shazam, um, Aquaman, and I kind of feel like Aquaman's yeah. like a far and then, three. And then and like, else. yeah, and then <laughs> and then Shazam is like just a. Just a f- like a notch or two below Wonder Woman, so that's int- that's, that's, interesting. that's where I'm going. I to talk on that. That's a good scale for, for that, race.
1: actually. Uh, I'm actually kind of in line with Austin on this one. So, like you said, eight point yeah. five, Austin. Yeah, yeah i i I agree with that. Eight point five. Eight. Mm, yeah, eight point five. I don't want to do any more math, for that. <laughs> but like, but that scale though—that scale is really what got me to go eight point five, because I easily could have given it a nine, but eight—I feel more settled with an eight point five. Honestly, it really is like Wonder Woman, Shazam. Uh, put a couple spaces in between Aquaman, and then just put every DC animated universe movie that you can put in there justice league dark justice league uh the one that just came out versus the fatal five all of them them, them. just all of them just put that right after aquaman this isn't to say that aquaman is better than these movies this is just to say these are movies made specifically to go direct to (laughs) dvd you know your place and then put every movie that zack snyder has been involved with
0: starting with man of steel and then everything else yeah. 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 Man of Steel and then everything else. Yeah. Man
1: of Steel is a fine film.
0: Yeah. But that yeah, I am I'm, I'm willing to go on record saying that Man of Steel is better than I give credit for, but it does frustrate me watching it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Ironically better than most of the other ones. Yeah.
1: Hey, a low bar is still a bar you have to jump yeah. over. <laughs> Yo. I like oh, that man. metaphor. Hot, Hot, Hot t- take yeah. city. <laughs> That's not a hot take. You're right. That's not a hot take at all. Brandon, you want to hear a hot take? Uh-oh. I think that they should do X Men versus Inhumans and kill off all the Inhumans for the first X Men movie. <laughs>
3: hey, that could oh happen. Oh my goodness, I can see that happening. Yeah,
1: they oh should just admit goodness. to their wrongs they and just a go with way it. To
2: put mutants in there somehow, right? Might yeah, as well just kill off all the Inhumans. Hey, I'm i like Kamala you,
0: Though, well, I guess she hasn't appeared yet.
1: Yeah, that's true. Except for Kamala.
2: They can, like, have her do a Wanda thing, and she's like, oh, she got her powers somehow.
1: So yeah. Magic. Yeah. Magic's everywhere, you guys.
0: Hey, everyone. Quick fact check. Regarding the Captain Marvel legal battle, Fawcett Comics had the original character, but went out of business. Marvel Comics later acquired the rights to the character's name and debuted their own Captain Marvel, forcing DC Comics, the new owner of the original character, to relaunch under the title Shazam. Kelly Sue DeConnick wrote the 2012 iteration of Marvel's Captain Marvel used in the film, but she is no longer writing the series. The current author is Kelly Thompson. The MCU films have been going on for 11 years, not 10. And earlier on, Ben Mendelsohn was mistakenly referred to as Ben Middleston. And that's all for our fact check. And that's our show, NerdCraft Nation is a production of Rising Young Minds, starring Austin Hall, Jose Lopez, Brandon Kessily, and Chris Walker. Our theme music was composed by Daniel Ferris. And this episode's artwork was created by Night Owl Joe. If you'd like to keep up with the show, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NerdCraftNation.